I was so afraid this was going to stop working. But so far, we're good. Okay, it's about that time. Hi, everybody. Good morning, good morning. Come on in, get all cuddly, warm up. And sing with us. Don't scare you, you are bigger than I 
thought you were and bigger than I thought. So I stop all negotiations with the God of all creation. You were bigger than I thought you were, You're bigger than I thought. And I throw all my cares before you, my doubts and fears don't scare you. songs 
sound great. Thanks for singing. Good morning. So when you came in, if you didn't grab uh, a communion, the elements, uh, please grab those now. We're actually going to take communion now. So there's some right there in the middle by the soundboard if you don't have one. If you're on Zoom or on Facebook, send a runner in your home. Grab a piece of bread, a roll, some juice, some water, so that we can remember and participate in Jesus together as this body. So you can grab those. If you need a gluten-free version here in person, there is one in the far back, right in the end of the lobby, in the green basket, if that would uh, help you. So we have the elements. Jesus is our past, our present, and our future. And we want to remember that this morning. And so this is in Luke chapter 22. <laughs> I was like... Whoa, I got some loud music playing. It's like, oh, no, Marty's setting a mood. Here we go. <laughs> Luke 22. This is Jesus teaching Luke chapter 22, verse 19. He took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and he gave it to the disciples saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this is the new covenant between God and the people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. And so we remember Jesus. And so a part of this as we take communion this morning it is this past, it is an event. Jesus Christ was crucified. His body was broken for us. And his blood was shed for our sins. It was a pivotal event in all of history. The apex of history. And in recognizing this this morning, this is not a funeral. Because we remember that Jesus Christ was risen from the dead. And so we remember back at the cross. And what Jesus has done. But also this morning as we're going to take this. And as we eat the bread and drink the wine or the juice. We are remembering that we are actively participating right now in the person of Jesus. And so Jesus' blood cleanses us actively from sin. And Jesus is, is real food for us for today to feed us and to nourish us. And Jesus' life is for us today. And so we remember there's areas where we don't look like Jesus. And for me, I'm so aware of those. And the people around me are so aware. And so we participate being reminded that we're forgiven. And so today we're going to eat in remembrance and say, oh Jesus, we want to look like you. Feed us on your body and your blood. 
And Jesus even reminded us that we do this until he returns. And so we look forward to the future. Jesus is returning. It was his promise. And Jesus is going to set everything straight and restore all things. So let me give God thanks for taking care of us through the cross, for providing for us today and give us a hope for the future. Let's pray. God, thank you for Jesus. God, thank you that you poured out your love for, you poured out your life for, as an act of love for us. Thank you, God, that you obeyed even to death. We praise you, God, for the resurrection of the dead, which you were the firstborn from. God, we praise you that this is real food for us today to strengthen us. We praise you, God, that you offer us forgiveness today. We don't have to hide our sin. We don't have to pretend that we're perfect. But we can allow you to cleanse us, to shape us, to guide us. Oh, let us be, let us be formed more into your likeness. God, in those areas that we're struggling, animate us with your body and your blood. May we find life in you. Forgive us, God. May we choose to go your way. And God, give us eyes to see and to remember and to anticipate your returning. Break in today, Jesus. So God, we give you thanks for your body and your blood. And a chance to be one in you today with your family. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so if you have them, depending on which one you grabbed, you can either find the little wafer in the bottom of the cup or right uh, in the top. So let's take the wafer together, remembering Jesus' body broken for us in the teeth. take the juice and the wine, the water, whatever you have, and let's drink together in participation in Jesus, our Savior, our Lord. Thank you, God, that we're included in you, covered in you, and alive in you. Amen. We're going to sing one more. So church, let's, let's stand. And then James and Marty are going to lead us again. Um, well, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but uh, despite the fact that it is kind of hibernation season here in Michigan, uh, my emotions and my mind in my month of January felt very hectic. And um, so when I, was, when I was picking songs for this week, I thought this one really spoke to me, and it's one we haven't done in a while. And then Marty rolled in this morning and was like, hey, I've been praying. I, that was my prayer this morning. <laughs> so I was like, oh, it's meant to be. Here we go. Slow me 
Good morning, church. Uh, now that we're about 20 minutes into service, I'd like to welcome you to Genesis. Um, welcome everybody that's here. It's nice to see your shining faces, or at least half of them. Um, welcome everybody that's online, either joining us via Zoom or Facebook or TikTok or Twitter or whatever the kids are using these days. Um, I want to thank everybody for, you know, continuing to, to wear your masks in the, in the church facility. Let's try to keep each other, each other safe and healthy, so thank you for that. Uh, brief reminder. Um, wanted to uh, remind folks that are either joining us online or here in service, you know, go ahead and fill out the, the online green card. You can do that at, at our website um, so we can get to know you a little bit better. Um, you can submit prayer requests there, uh, either whether you want them to be made public to the church body or just keep them, uh, you know, specific to only the, the leadership at church. We do, we do respect your privacy, but we do want to pray for you. Um, give us that opportunity to, to show, show God's love and, and hopefully help us uh, help you, um, you know, do better in your life with, with uh, God's guidance. So um, I did want to uh, bring up one thing that the church has really been working on recently in coordination with other churches around, uh, around the Royal Oak area, the Warming Center. Um, if you have been under a rock or just haven't joined us uh, these last few weeks, uh, we've been participating using the facility that God has blessed us with to be able to give our brothers and sisters that don't have a warm place to stay um, over the, the winter on their own, a warm place to stay at Genesis and other churches that we're partnering with. So um, the only way we can do that is by uh, volunteers like yourselves and myself, um, you know, showing up, uh, 
being able to volunteer to work the, uh, the things that we need, things like preparing food, things like being overnight hosts, greeters, uh, people that work over the weekend to help uh, just ha have everybody have a good time when they're staying in this, in this sanctuary, or excuse me, in the church. Um, and we've got about a week left of that. Uh, this is the last full weekend that we're doing here in Genesis. We're also doing on Saturday next weekend, and we'll be we tearing down um, the, the temporary facilities that we've put up to help make uh, the church a welcoming place for our guests. But so that's kind of the, the kind of technical side of things, you know, the volunteer side of things. But really, we don't just do this to provide, you know, four or 64 walls for people to have a warm place to stay over the winter. Um, it is an opportunity for the church body to show our brothers and sisters uh, that may be a little less fortunate than the, the, the regular people that come every, every weekend on Sunday, uh, but to show, show God's love and, and really use the facilities that he's provided us with to help our brothers and sisters uh, be able to stay warm, uh, have good, good meals to eat, have good fellowship, uh, make connections, uh, make long-standing relationships um, over the, the winter, the winter difficult months. So I, I encourage folks that uh, haven't already participated to, to seek to participate. Again, we got teardown coming next weekend, uh, another week of uh, the overnight shift. So Abby, uh, my wife, I think she's wearing a dark gray sweatshirt. She'll be in the narthex um, during and after service if anybody's interested in finding those opportunities. But um, we welcome you to participate. Uh, we welcome our guests, some of which are with us in the sanctuary or outside right now. And, and again, we just we thank everyone that's um, volunteered thus far and everybody that's um, looking to volunteer over the next week or so. Um, and with that, I would like to do two things. Welcome everybody in the sanctuary to um, stand up, walk around, move across aisles, back and forth across rows, um, connect with people. Uh, people they may not have seen, at least the, the, the bottom halves of their faces in a while, people that you don't know. Uh, just get to, uh, to know one another. And folks online will be going dark for a few minutes, but we'll be turning stuff back on. So thank you everybody and welcome.
All right, let's uh, start to move back to our seats. Good morning. Good morning, Steve. Nice to see you moving. <laughs> Good morning and uh, welcome to Genesis. I'm Nate, and I'm excited to be here this morning. I think we're going to have a good time together. So let me just pray for us, and then we'll jump into our uh, preaching time. So God, we invite your spirit to continue to move. And so for whatever level of resistance we are responsible for, I ask for your mercy. And so I ask for your spirit to continue to teach us, continue to shape us in the likeness of your son, Jesus. And so we welcome you again into this space. And say, God, take control. Break our pride. Slow us down. And speak to us. Let me ask in the name of Jesus, amen. At Genesis, we have a 10-year vision. And we're about four and a half years into the 10-year vision. And we decided we probably should talk about it. <laughs> that was supposed to be funny. Um, our 10-year vision can be summarized as this. By December 31st, 2027, we will influence our neighborhoods, networks, and nations through multiple vehicles, including 100 active intentional discipleship and inclusive missional communities, Sunday gatherings that are leveraged toward this target, and a goal of 500 people engaged in intentional discipleship initiatives. Now, I don't want you to stumble over numbers, because some people, that's your first inkling. <laughs> you saw numbers on the screen, and you're like, I'm done. <laughs> I don't want you to stumble over that. We've done this work to develop guiding principles and practices that go along with those principles so that we can accomplish the vision and they also help us to define what we are going to celebrate along the way. The guiding principles we have named the Genesis way. Any Mandalorian fans? You already get it. <laughs> this is the way. The Genesis way. And within the Genesis way, we've identified that there's three pillars that outline how we will all arrive at this shared vision together. And these pillars are that Genesis is a place of one, belonging. Genesis is a place to belong. Two, Genesis is a place of calling. You will learn and develop God's calling on your life. And three, that Genesis is a place of becoming and activating. 
we're removed from understanding what God is calling us to into action. Now, most are hearing this type of detail connected to our 10-year vision for the first time right now. And so I'm letting you know that's okay. You haven't been left behind. This is actually the first time that we're presenting this in this format before the whole church. We've been workshopping it for a bit, about four and a half years. (laughs) Thank you for finding the humor in that time. And so our goal is over the next month, we're gonna be taking time to explore the pillars of the Genesis way so that we can more fully understand them, so we can consider them, and ultimately, that we would be able to find ourselves in that vision. We have good work to do, but it will require us to do the work together. The Genesis pillars help us to understand how we are going to attain this vision. And we will get there by being committed to one another in these areas of belonging, calling, and becoming. Everybody exhale. Well, breathe in four, and then out six. One of the areas that we've detailed in our 10-year vision is naming what makes us unique as a church. This is a fun practice, a fun exercise. These are not aspirational. These are the current realities of this community. And we call them our three uniques. And so what makes Genesis, the church, unique? First, we are an authentic, vulnerable community. We lead with authenticity and we lead with vulnerability. I've already cried three times in the service, and I'm not ashamed of that. Our second unique is that we embrace the margins. Amen? And our third unique is that our heroes are among us. Everyday people living like Jesus. One of the practices we have in Genesis that Ashley was talking about earlier in the service is the warming center. And our practice of the warming center embodies all three of these uniques. And the only way that the warming center works, or the only way that the warming center succeeds is when we all participate and we do the work together. So when we show up with our full selves and we make ourselves available to our guests beyond administrators of a program, we practice vulnerability and authenticity together. When we make space in our building, in our schedules, in our finances, But most importantly, when we make space in our hearts, we embrace the margins together. 
And today I want to focus specifically on the last unique, that our heroes are among us, everyday people living like Jesus. No one person pulls off the warming center. Its success is reliant on everyone making the contribution that they can. So, who here has volunteered with the warming center or donated or prayed for it or has given any money to this church in the last year by a show of hands? So, there you go. (laughs) That's what it requires. That's what it requires. Admittedly, sometimes I can get so caught up in the logistics and the protocols, and I can become overwhelmed by the immediacy and the urgency of the real needs presented by the warming center, that I can miss the beauty of God's faithful role among us in the warming center. God is present and is working with us and in us. And over the course of the warming center, we will often and regularly hit a limit, a limit of our resources, a limit of our skill set, a limit of our experience. But consistently, God shows up with reinforcements and with guidance and with healing for his children that he's been wanting to bring to them. And so this morning, I want to reflect, and I'm going to be emotional. This morning, I want to reflect on a couple moments where God has showed up with care and provision and grace. And it was beyond what any one of us could have done on our own. One of our guests this past week came to us suffering from seizures. And immediately when I got the call from Ben at the Welcome Inn, my spirit was moved. And God started to remind me of the scripture in Mark 9 where there's a father who brings his son to Jesus' disciples. And he says, teacher, I brought you my son because he has a spirit that makes him unable to speak. And whenever it seizes him, it slams him to the ground. And he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and become stiff. And I told your disciples so that they could cast it out, 
but they couldn't do it. And they brought the boy to Jesus, and when he saw him, the spirit immediately threw the boy into convulsions, and falling to the ground, he began rolling around and foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. It has often thrown him both into fire and into water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for the one who believes. Immediately the boy's father cried out and said, I do believe, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was rapidly gathering, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you mutant deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and do not enter him again. And after crying out and throwing him into a terrible convulsion, it came out. The boy became so much like a corpse that most of them said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and raised him, and he got up. And when he came into the house, his disciples began asking him privately, why is it that we could not cast it out? And he said to them, this kind cannot come out by anything except prayer. For our seizing guest, we hit a limit of having the resource or the expertise needed, just like the disciples. But our team, everyday people living like Jesus, took time and energy and patience and prayer, and in concert with the welcome in and a super gracious caseworker at Beaumont Hospital, and then eventually Stonecrest Center, we all were able to advocate for our guests' ultimate and holistic good. That guest is currently at Stonecrest Center, which is a behavioral health hospital and has the ability to address both physical and mental health needs and will likely be there for over 30 days. And this was amazing care, amazing care. In a situation where simply sending someone away with a, we can't help, would have been tempting. Our team of everyday people looking like Jesus stepped in like the Father and advocated for this guest's good. And God showed up in the space between with care and provision and grace. And as I reflected on this this week, Jesus said to me, if I can, All things are possible for the one who believes. Another one of our guests 
was unable to enter the program on a frigid night last week because of an error with their vaccination card. Upon hearing their dilemma, multiple everyday people living like Jesus that are on our team began to advocate on this guest's behalf. They immediately began researching where can the unvaccinated go to receive safety and care from the elements. Neighbors provided a tent to block the cold wind until shelter could be found. Our volunteer team of everyday people living like Jesus began to advocate to systems of power and to people that they knew within those systems of power, calling on those systems to be gracious and to make space. And before noon the next day, our guest was checking into a very warm and a very welcoming hope shelter in Pontiac. God's grace and care and provision for his beloved child was abundantly clear. And as we hit the limit of what we could offer while upholding the protocols that were in place, God still made a way. And as I reflected on this this week, Jesus said to me, if I can, all things are possible for the one who believes. Last one is one of our community has been facing homelessness for some time now and unwilling to accept the truth of that. And they've been couch surfing and basement surfing for years. And they were facing their last night in their arrangements at a hotel. And one of our team, an everyday person living like Jesus, had been working with them, trying to advocate for them. And they called me. Now I knew that Hope Shelter had just given us their last spot. And so I began to feel a draining heaviness. And I did not have any way to help in this third situation. And then a man that's connected to Genesis texted me, and he said he had some funds to help people who are in need. I said, right now the need is great. We met in a parking lot. He gave me cash. And then he said, Nate, I doubled what I was going to give after I heard you say that the need is great right now. And our team of everyday people living like Jesus was able to use those funds along with another contribution that came in to extend the hotel stay for three weeks. This was God's care and God's provision and God's grace. And I want to share these stories because no one single person possessed all that was needed to step into any one of them. This is the work. This is the work. 
that we influence our neighborhoods, our networks, and our nation by being who we are, not trying to be something else. Our heroes are among us, everyday people living like Jesus. Matthew 25 talks about everyday people living like Jesus. And Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Put the sheep on the right side and goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on the right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. One of the markers of our community and what makes us unique is that our heroes are among us. Everyday people looking like Jesus. And today, I want us to celebrate together one of those heroes that is among us. He's an everyday person living like Jesus. If you know him, you love him. If you don't know him, you've probably never been in a physical space with him. Today he turns 85, and his name is Harvey. So Harvey, would you please come up? Um, in a bit we will. I'll call, I'll, have, I'll call on you. So I scheduled Harvey to do the testimony time today. And so he, did, he didn't know that any of this was going to happen. But testimony time is going to be flipped today. People want to give testimony about how they see Jesus in you. Oh my. And so... You're just going to stand, and you're going to listen, and you're going to receive all of that. So those of you that were prepared to share testimony about Harvey, come up this way. We'll come to the microphone. Bo, I'd like to invite you to come up so that you can stand here and bear witness as well. And if you didn't come prepared to share about Harvey but you get so inspired because of what you hear, 
you're welcome to share. So we're going to turn the microphone, and Harvey, if you, knowing you, you're going to want to um, try and hug people. Can I go first? Absolutely, Jackie. You can go first. Okay. Um, All right. And when you speak, yep. Okay. Be before I do my testimony, I went. I would like everyone to sing happy birthday to Harvey. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Harvey. Happy birthday to you. Harvey, the way I see Jesus in you is when you, when I always arrive to church with my dad, on, sometimes on the weekends, you get a happy smile on, on your face every time you every time you see me arrive, and that that makes me very happy. It's just it's just like the way Jesus was happy when he saw children come to him. And I also want. I also wanted to say that my boyfriend, Eric Siegel, is now a completed Jew. He believes in Jesus. All right. Thank you, Jackie. Okay. Now, Harvey, you know this is for you, because I don't like getting up in front of people and talking, so I'm really nervous and stuff. So, But I just want to tell you the way I see God in my life is when I see Harvey every week. Every week I see God through you, whether you're helping with the warming center or giving testimony or I'm lucky enough to be in his small group and we've gotten pretty close and tight over the years. And I wrote a couple of things down just so I wouldn't forget it, you know. But uh, I just wanted to let you know, you know that I love you. I, I appreciate you. I uh, look up to you and... Uh, yeah, I respect you, all that good stuff, and uh, we're getting pretty close, you know. <laughs> and like I said, I'm nervous, so I might be stumbling over my words, man. But yeah, that's how I see God working all the time, and uh, it feels good to be loved by Harvey, man. So if you're new to the church family and you haven't talked to Harvey, I suggest you talk to him today or in the near future. And, uh, yeah, that's about it, Harvey. <laughs> I was a happy birthday, many more, and I would give you a big kiss, but people would freak out. <laughs> so. We love you, Harvey. We love you. <laughs> well, Harvey and I, uh, go back a few years, um, we were, uh, before the churches merged, we were Baptists back then. But uh, I just want to say something. <clears throat> you know, sometimes when uh, people ask you, well, why do you go to church? And you say, well, I go there to have my needs met. Well, with Harvey, it's a little bit different. Harvey goes to church so he can help people meet their needs. And that's my Harvey, and I wish you a happy, happy birthday, 
and God bless you. Mr. Mayor, you may not know it, but he was the mayor at East Point for many years and uh, currently serves on the city council. Most politicians that I know are kind of full of themselves, you know? And, uh, but we're talking about people being like Jesus. And Jesus, when he was uh, doing that meal we celebrated, he said, you call me teacher and Lord, for so I am. And then he got down on his feet, on his knees, and he washed his disciples' feet. Let me tell you about this, Mr. Mayor. I've stood with him as we've served the, home, served the poor and the homeless in Hamtramck at Friendship House. We serve side by side. He talks to people just as people, you know, sisters and brothers. He does that here in the warming center. You know, he goes down to the bus stop. And in the wintertime, he gives gloves to anybody he sees coming off the bus with no gloves on. In the summer, he passes out water to people at the bus stop. He's not a mayor full of himself. Rather, he's a servant of Jesus who's there giving the love. God bless my brother. Harvey. <laughs> Harvey, I want to thank God for you. The way that I see Jesus in you is that you don't hesitate when there is a need. You jump right in. And I'm, I'm just thankful to know Harvey. And it's a privilege to, to just get, get a smile or a hug from him. So we love you. I love you. God bless you, Harvey. Oh, happy birthday. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, Harvey, Harvey, coming uh, here all these years, and I just think that you, we always talk about church elders. You are the epitome of the church elder. And, and your, your presence here is just, it is God's presence here. So thanks, Harvey. Thank you. Well, church, do you bear witness? Yeah. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. And so um, the Apostle Paul and sometimes we, we can't even fathom it and we struggle with it. But he said these words, follow me as I follow Jesus. And that was meant to be doable. It was meant to, that's, that's what it looked like. And so with the people with us and with Harvey, may we hear that too. Everyday people, the heroes are among us looking like Jesus. And so we hear that from Harvey, 85, today, saying to us, follow me as I follow the teaching of Jesus and the Savior, Jesus. Follow me into that. You, if you know Harvey, you know that he invites you to follow him in this. 
And so with that, we want to say, yes, Jesus, we want to follow you. Yes, Harvey, we want to follow you as you follow, as you follow Jesus. Absolutely. The heroes are among us. And so we praise God to be one among you. And so let's, let's bless God and let's bless Harvey. I know he's been blessed as he's blessed us. So God, we thank you. We thank you for the life that you lived, that you came in flesh and you did. You served us. You poured yourself out for us. You came to serve. You came to give. You came to love. You came to include. You came to welcome. And you invited us into that life. And that, li that invitation, that life was the one that Harvey said yes to in that small town of Mononc, Indiana. In a small little place of Jesus getting a hold of him and said, I love you. I, I, I want you to follow me. And he said yes. And we say thank you, Lord, that we get to see that and to follow him as he follows you. And so, Jesus, we want to be like you too. So let us follow you. Let us say yes to creating places of belonging and understanding, calling, and acting out our faith. Jesus, we thank you for this person, for this family, for the Curly family, and we say, Lord, many more years. We ask for them. We ask for more. More years. Each day is a blessing. And we know this man has said those years will be in fruitful service to Jesus as long as he has them. May they be many more. Amen. We love you. I love you. Say a few words? <laughs> he said, should he say a few words? Have you known him to not? Absolutely. Oh, if I can get down now. You want to help me down? Yes. You know, I'm 85. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Those who came up, those who didn't. Um, now, 85. That's, I don't feel 85. I Sometimes when I get up in the morning, I feel 85, but not this morning. I'm so blessed. Uh, God has chosen to use me in so many different ways, and that's, I think, I'm, well, I'm convinced that's why I have pretty good health, good health for 85, and God's not done with me yet. Uh, when he gets done to me, I can hear that, say, well, Har, you know what, uh, you're 105, so uh, put the gloves away. Give them to somebody else from Genesis and put the bottles away. Give, them, give those up to Genesis. But I'll still, hear, I'll still be here from the warming center to be, to be with my brothers and sisters that we bring in. And uh, I pray that that will never end, even if I'm not here, that uh, warming center will stay there. I was going to do the testimony. <laughs> Carol, Carol said, Harvey, don't talk too long when you get that microphone. <laughs> but that's okay. We're, you know, we're, we only got one song to, to, to do, and uh, that's right. Um, here's my testimony, and I, I'm not going to be able to see, say it the way I feel it. Um, as many of you know, our daughter, Dea, has moved back to Michigan, right over here on 13 and Woodward. And I, I can't express how I feel inside after 32 years 
to have our first Thanksgiving together. After 32 years, I have Christmas together. And today, we're going to have a birthday dinner with Dea and her husband, Mark. So I am, I'm beyond words for that. I am. And a special hello again to my brothers and sisters. Um, last night was our last night, at least as far as Genesis being our, the guest and host is concerned. But there are so many people to thank. But uh, hey, guys, you, you know I love you. And even though we're not in charge, you, you know I'm, my car doesn't go in any other direction. <laughs> as long as there's a warming center, I'm just going to get in and it's going to come right over here to the church. So, I, Pastor, I talked enough. Thank you again. And um, we will talk to you soon. And, and you know what? I'm going to break tradition. I don't care. I got a right to do that. If, if anybody wants a hug, I'm not going to stay six feet today. No. That is it. <laughs> God bless everybody. Thank you. Thank you. So, James and Marty have prepared a little something for Harvey. So, you can take your seat there again. <laughs> you, have to, you have to sit here and listen. <laughs> yes, perfect. Um, so, when, uh, when First Baptist and Genesis came together, uh, you thought this was over, didn't you? And uh, here I go. Uh, Harvey and I, that's when we met. Right? And um, gosh, how many years ago is that now? Is it 11? 12. 12 years ago. So uh, basically, uh, Harvey approached me. So I am, a, I am a gay person. And we have a lot of LGBT folks here today and in our church, and we, we love that. And at the time, I was really struggling. Um, with my place in the church and what I believed and being accepted. And Harvey uh, approached me and said, I think God loves you no matter what, and I don't care what anybody else has to say about that. And I was like, oh, we should be friends. Because I, I think you're right. And I think that's important, an important message to say. Uh, so we became buddies, and, I, and he started driving to, to my work, and we would go to lunch like once a week for, for a while. It was like every week. We probably have gone to lunch 100 times in the past 12 years. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. It's been a lot. It's been a lot of, uh, lot of diner food, a lot of cholesterol <laughs> in both of our diets, which is not good for either one of us. But uh, a lot of chili, a lot of gravy. And uh, by the way, it turns out I was, I was in high school marching band in East Point when Harvey was mayor back in the 90s. And uh, we didn't know each other then, but, you know, we were, we were in the same parade together. So how about that? Um, so Harvey's just been a, a blessing and a great friend over the years. Um, I think about AIDS Walk, all of your efforts with AIDS Walk, um, how this church really showed love to that vulnerable community and the fundraising, the statement that we made with giving away all those free hot dogs and bottled water. Um, 
And, and everything that everybody else said, his, his passion for the warming center, the fundraising that he does in East Point with the Gratiot Cruise. You guys raise so much money for charity. Um, so he's just been a great friend over the years, and it's, it's been an honor uh, to get to know you and to continue to know you. And, um, you know, the other thing is he loves the worship, and he always talks to me about what songs you're going to play on Sunday. And I'm always like... I don't know. I haven't picked him yet. <laughs> and he's like, why don't you do Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen? And I'm like, maybe one day. Maybe, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll do that. It's not really a worship song, you know. The words are a little weird, but it's a good song. It's a really good song. <laughs> it's a beautiful song. So, uh, so today we're going to do that song. <laughs> so, happy birthday, Harvey. Here we go. I heard there was a secret chord that David played and it pleased the Lord. But you don't really care for music, do you? It goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, the major lift, the baffled king composing, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Your faith was strong, but you needed proof. You saw her bathing on the roof, her beauty. She tied you to the kitchen chair She broke your throne and she cut your hair And from the lips she drew a hallelujah 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 took the name in vain but I don't even know the name but if I did well really what's it to you there's a blaze of light doesn't matter what you heard holy or the broken hallelujah hallelujah
Uh, I don't know how you can say that's not worship, first of all. Second of all, I've cried now four times. So, Andrew, come up. Lead us in happy birthday. And there is, there's cakes for us to eat in the lobby really? to celebrate you. Everyone can, everyone can lead happy birthday. Everyone. Come on up. Right here. Here we go. Come on up. Okay. Okay. Ready? Is it, is it on? Um, now it is. Okay. Ready? One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear. Jesus. Amen. God, I'll see you next week. And, and my boyfriend Eric is a is a completed Jew. 